The Holy Ghost wants to do something here tonight. The Holy Spirit wants to do something in our midst. And I'm imploring us that we tune ourselves to the rhythm of God. I cannot begin to measure or to estimate the incredible encounters that a lot of people are having in this season with the Lord. One of my daughters came into the room just a few about an hour ago with tears in her eyes, literally. And she was saying to me that, Apostle, I had been in the presence of the Lord all day. Amen. Okay, and I, maybe she should come over and share what the Lord told her. She said, I had a vision. I had a strange encounter with the Lord. I had something that changed my life literally. And God gave her a revelation. I want her to come. Come over here, darling, and share with God's people what the Lord showed you in your place of encounter with the Lord. Some people share it with us and some do not. But we are finding out that the veil is broken. Amen. Come on, somebody. The veil, the restriction is broken. And all believers are having access and encounter with the God kind. Somebody said the God kind. We are experiencing the glory of heaven in real and tangible way. Tell God's people what the Lord showed you today. Today as I was um, in the presence of the Lord, it was so real in front of me. Like it was like literally like a movie playing. And I was overwhelmed like in tears just seeing what God is going to do in this ministry. I just seen like a whole bunch of people. The streets were literally covered of people worshiping with their te like tears in their eyes, really, uh, yearning for, for more of God. Like they were just worshiping. And I seen on the stage here wheelchairs and people getting healed and delivered. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Come on, give God praise, somebody. God started to manifest himself through many evidences and many witnesses that he wants to switch something in the region in the season. And I want your eyes, your mind, your spirit. I want your mind, your eyes, your, your spirit, every part of you to really, really connect with the Lord. And that's why I'm declaring today that I break every veil. That's good. Every veil that the enemy might want to use, no matter what it is. I'm telling you something tonight. No matter what it is that Satan might want to use to stand in the way of you connecting with the glory of God and seeing a crystal clear divine revelation and the blueprint of God's will for your own life. For many of you, the things that God will be saying in this hour will prep you for what God had already told you for many years that he was going to do in your life. And it's going to begin to create the momentum in your spirit that will pull, propel you into something amazing. And for many people, it's going to be the first of a kind because he needs to get your attention. He needs to get you. Your life is not in the hands of man. Your future is not 
in the hands of how many hours of job you can do every day. Your life is not in how educated that you are. Your life essentially starts with the encounter that you have with God about the blueprint that he has preordained and orchestrated for your destiny. Come on somebody. And the things that I'm about to share with you tonight is going to shift you. It will shift your mind. It will shift your mentality. It will shift your process. It will shift every part of you. And you are going, hallelujah, to come into a place that you will know that as long as you got your God bearing in place, there is no devil in the pit of hell that can stop you. God is not slack concerning his promise. God is not wasting time. I sense an urgency in the realm of the spirit. I sense a momentum. I sense a wave that's rising in the God realm. And I feel like only few are entering, hallelujah, beyond the veil. I know that there are people entering into that realm. But I don't know if there are enough people, sufficient people. I know that there's a lot of people engaging in services engaging hallelujah in seeking God and prayer meetings but Lord how many people are really entering into your glory and that's need to be your heart cry today tonight you need to tell God break the veil and take me into the center of your glory break the veil come on somebody say break the veil say it again say break the veil say father break the veil break the restriction and take me by the spirit of God into the center of the glory of God. Lord, break the veil and take me today by the spirit of God into the center. Too much trouble. Take, Lord, break the veil and take me by the spirit of God into the center of the glory of God. I wish somebody would say with faith, say, Lord, break the veil and take me tonight by the Spirit of God into the center of the glory of God. Oh my God, a whole lot of veils are just holding us back. For many of us, it's a mental veil. For many of us, it's something that's coming from our past from so for, 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 for many of us is the systems of the world for others is the opinion of men for many people it's just something that nobody has ever done in your family it's a generational limitation but whatever the veil might be tonight that my world will take you from entering into the glory of God I say to you today in the name of Jesus the veil is broken I say to your spirit man in the name of Jesus Jesus, the veil is broken. You will experience your supernatural life. You will, hallelujah, get a hold of your supernatural destiny. What God wants to do in your life has never been done before. So stop looking around you and stop looking up to heaven because you cannot, hallelujah, engage flesh and blood. Glory to God. Paul the apostle said, I did not consult with flesh and blood concerning this matter. Hallelujah. You got to leave that thing now. I did not consult with flesh and blood but I went into the Arabian desert and I stayed in the presence of God. You need to say to God, break the veil. Break the veil. Break the 
limitation break everything that I inherited that I did not even know was stopping me or hindering me break every mindset break every impression in my spirit break every anger break every stubbornness break every unteachable spirit break every every mediocre thinking break the veil I want to see your glory nothing will hold me now I'm connecting myself with the glory of God dismantle my flesh let God rise up in me let the vision of God rise up let the process of God and the power of God nothing but Jesus in me he has to be glorified in me I have to fulfill the destiny of God come on somebody you got to get it you can miss it this time this is the time of your life all of creation is waiting for you God is calling you to lead many people into the light therefore you cannot miss the glory this is your season we're going to go to the book of First John chapter 4 and verse 1. One of the things we don't understand as God's people, look at my eyes, everybody, is that the glory of God is not far-fetched. The glory of God is not far-fetched. Look at my eyes, everybody. The release of your destiny is not far-fetched. Oftentimes, it is the things that are covering the revelation of the glory that begin to make it hard or sometimes impossible for us to access the glory of God. Sometimes when I'm flying on the airplane, I notice that the ground level is gloomy and there is cloudness. It's a cloudy day and all of that's just going on and it's just very dry and empty. But the moment that the plane takes off and it's maybe a couple of feet above the ground and you see the sunshine you see the, 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 the sun it shines brightly and when the sun begins to shine I said to myself oh my god so the sun had always been there the whole time the sun never leaves the skies so it was just the fact that there was something that covered the glory I want you to hear me tonight. The glory of God is always present. It's just the enemy that's always trying to block it. Kenneth Hagin said, one time he was talking with the Lord in a room. And it seemed like a demon spirit came. And because Jesus was speaking, and Kenneth Hagin stopped hearing what Jesus was saying. Because the demon was creating a shadow to cover what Jesus was saying to Hagen. I want you to hear this. And so he said, he was shouting loud and he said, Lord, can you hear me? And, and the Lord was saying, Hagen, I'm, I'm, the Lord just continued to talk. Whether he listened or not, God continued to talk. Whether he was hearing what God was saying. And then he said to Jesus, why can't I hear you, God? Why can I not hear what you're saying to me? And the Lord said to him, because a demon, this spirit, is blocking the communication between you and me. Between you and my glory. And then he said to Jesus, rebuke this demon, Lord. I want to hear you. Take this demon out. Looks like my body is Take this demon away. 
I want to be able to hear you. And Jesus said, I want you to hear me. He said, you cast out this demon, Hagen, not me. Because you have the authority to do it. And then he said, he opened his mouth and said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. Man of God, he said, instantly, the demon left and he could hear the Lord clearly. And what the Spirit of the Lord is saying here tonight is that God is constantly speaking. Even when we are not hearing. I want you to hear this. God is constantly saying something. God is constantly downloading blessing. God is constantly giving you direction. Are you hearing me, woman of God? He's saying something right now. Do you know that God is downloading into your spirit a multi-million dollar idea even right now? Amen. Do you know that even now God is giving you access and relationships that will redefine your life in the God realm, in the realm of the spirit? God is downloading these things to our spirit. And we are not able to translate them into the earth realm. We are not able to bring it to manifestation. That which God is releasing. The Bible says, hear me, he daily loads us with benefits. Whether we acknowledge it or not. But there is a veil. There is a veil that's standing in the way of what God wants to do. There is a veil that's blocking us. There is a veil that's cast over the face of the people of God. And that's why many people go to church every day. And they can't hear one word from the Lord. Why? Is God not speaking? That's why many believers, man of God, are feeling stuck. Because there is a veil. And oftentimes, woman of God, I constantly groan in my spirit. Especially when I see the mighty revelation which God is releasing. And I see the little impact that this revelation is given. And God said to me, it's not as though I'm not giving my word. It's not as though I'm not giving my blessing. It's not as though I'm not giving my spirit. It's not as though I'm not giving my anointing. But there is a veil. And until the veil is cast away, the people are not going to enter to understand the fullness of what God is saying right now. I, can't, I don't understand sign language. Many of us, it looks like when God is speaking, it's like sign language to you. Or it's gibberish. Because there's a veil. And that's what the Lord told me to come and talk about here tonight. And before I read the scriptures that I had mentioned earlier, I want to let you understand, look in my eyes everybody please, how it is important that you cast away all of this veil which the kingdom of darkness is using to misrepresent the word of God. To miscommunicate the will of God. The blueprint of God. It's important that we all see God clearly without a veil. It's important that we hear him clearly. Otherwise we will never see his glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years and they never heard God for one day. 
I want you to hear this. Because what I'm saying tonight is very serious. Man of God, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years, they were not going to church. They were leaving church. You know, we, we, we have to come in the house of the Lord. Because it doesn't matter how many times we come, we have to go back home, right? And we go about our business. And we create time for God. And we come right back. And you all know that this church, right now, I don't know about yesterday, I don't know about tomorrow, but right now, this is the most, you know, frequent church in the whole of Toronto. Yeah. All right, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, this is as, as intense as it gets. It doesn't get more intense than this right now, as that today in Toronto. The level of our commitment to God here. The level of the times that we are serving God. The level of hours and hours that the people have to come out here and worship the Lord. There is, I don't know if there is any, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anywhere you're getting that intensity right now. Glory to God. It's got to be the Holy Ghost. This cannot be the work of man. We had two services yesterday and now, see how many of God's people are here tonight. It has to be the Holy Ghost. If this is not revival, I don't know what is revival. Come on, somebody say, yes, Lord. But the Israelites even had it more intense. Because they lived every day with the glory. I want you to hear this. It got to a point where scripture says that God will speak to them directly from Mount Sinai. Imagine that you could hear God's voice audibly. Like not through a prophet. Not through an internal impression. See, the, the vision that, that uh, uh, Karina saw, it was like a flash. I call it a glimpse of glory. But the Israelites did not see the glimpse of glory. Jesus, help me. They saw the physical manifestation of the cloud of glory. Woman of God, do you know what it feels like for the cloud of glory? The Shekinah glory of God that you and I are trying to enter in the place of prayer. For them to see it physically. Okay, that does not impress you. How about the pillar of cloud by day? And the pillar of fire by night? Okay, that does not impress you. How about somebody's feet? I mean shoes growing on their feet. Come on, somebody. Okay, that does not impress you. How about people's clothes growing on their back? Okay, I'm talking to somebody right now. Okay, that does not impress you. How about people eating food falling from heaven? Are you, am I talking to somebody? Okay, that does not impress you. How about water coming out of the rock and just take them and then water coming? Fresh, fresh, crystal, amen, spring water coming out of the rock. I, 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 am I talking to somebody? Okay, that does not impress somebody. How about you standing before the Red Sea and it literally part in front of you? How terrifying is that? Can you picture yourself walking through, hallelujah, a walls of water, water on the right, water on the left, and fish, and glory to God, jumping on different slides of the water and you are worshiping God. What a spiritual experience that is. And yet, the people perish in the desert. How could you hear God and still not hear God? Listen, tonight I come in the name of the Lord to break every veil that's in your face. How could you hear God and not hear God? How could you be 
in an anointed ministry and still not get the anointing. The veil. The veil. Women of God, the veil. The veil. The veil. The veil is still strong. The veil is there. It's covering the glory. The veil is covering the glory. Somebody will walk through the church one day and, and because they have not, hallelujah, allowed the veil to block them from seeing God. One person walks into the building for the first time ever and the Lord hit them and the anointing takes them to a whole new level. And somebody has a big title in front of their name. A big humongous church title. And yet they have no idea who God is. Because the veil is strong. The veil is strong. The veil is strong. Now it does not matter what my opinion about God is. It does not matter what my opinion or my impression about my life is. It does not matter what I think of you. What matters God's people is what is God's accurate revelation about himself. Because I can say to you this is who my own God is. This is how I perceive God. And it might be faulty. And you know I can believe that for all of my life. And still not get into the glory of God. So the Israelites have some veils. And I'm going to look into them in a minute or two with you. And then we're going to deal with them tonight. And, 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 and you're going to see how the enemy, hallelujah, is going to take his hands. His filthy hands away from your spirit. And how you can access God as he is. Let me hear someone say amen. The number one veil that blocks people from seeing the glory of God is the veil of where they have been. Your life's experiences, the accumulation of your past in itself, woman of God, it can form another revelation of God that is not exactly God. Where we are coming from and what has happened to us. How we were raised in church. How we were indoctrinated in church. How they, they presented God to us. I don't mean to mishmash any particular denomination. But if you were raised in a Jehovah Witness house, you need the Lord to break some veil. I'm talking to real people because the dangerous part of this, I want you to hear me. The dangerous part of this is that this veil is even intertwined with the Bible. If I was coming from a background of idolatry or Islam, Islamic background where people have not been exposed to the word of God at all, it is easier for me to cast away that darkness Am I talking to somebody? And embrace the deeper light of God's truth. Why? Because I'm coming from a contradistinctive background. Something that's totally in opposite of what God is. But then when I'm coming from a background of a twisted theology. Okay now. A misrepresented revelation. If I'm coming from a deep Catholic background. And I've been brainwashed to think that Jesus and Mary are on the same level. Uh -huh. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. 
And I've come to accept that into my subconsciousness. It becomes a deep veil that blocks me from seeing God as he is. Oh, help me, Jesus. And somebody can say, well, this is who God is. And they can even argue about it. And they can carry that philosophy of thought for 30 years and still never know him. And the father is saying, that's not who I am. This is who I am. A lot of people are coming from a background of guilt. A background of legalism. If you were raised up, even if it's a Pentecostal church, in a tradition of condemnation, a spirit of legality, a spirit of domineering over people, a spirit of control, a spirit of religious manipulation. My God, I'm talking to somebody tonight. If you're in an environment where it was okay to intimidate people in the name of the Lord and you are coming from that place and you don't understand that those who are intimidated, they intimidate others. Those who have been hurt, they hurt other people. Am I talking to somebody? That's why you see people damaging others without them even knowing it. Oh my God, are you hearing me somebody? I've seen young men run away from their house because their abuse was just too much. They saw their father abuse their mother. And they couldn't stand it so they ran away. And they left home only for them 15 years later to get married and abuse their own wife. Because you become what you see. You resemble those with whom you assemble. Others have not known a, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How to walk by revelation. How to open yourself to the fruit of the spirit. The gift of the spirit. So the only way they've known, hallelujah, to navigate the God realm is through a spirit of pressure. A spirit of manipulation. A spirit of, of intimidation. And they raise an entire flock of Jesus on that spirit. And when people buy those spirits into them, it becomes a part of them. And so God is now wanting to use this man. God wants to use this woman. God wants to raise his, lay his hand upon this person. And this person cannot see past where they're coming from. Because if they were to step into some area of leadership, or if they were to step into some significant life's responsibility, they are going to subconsciously reflect the same thing they are coming from. Come on, am I talking to somebody? When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, they had been in Egypt for too long. They left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave them. Come on, somebody. And that's why what is going on in ministries is a, 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 a cycle, a demonic cycle of a satanic system. Am I talking to somebody? And, and sometimes we're women of God, when some people come new into our ministry and, and they begin to tell me, well, I, I, I was in a place and this is how we used to do things. I'm just laughing at them. <laughs> you got to get rid of that oath and embrace what God is downloading now. The Bible says the Israelites, man of God, they kept saying to Moses, woman of God, every time that there was a problem, they would say to Moses, when we were in Egypt. 
They left the past, but the past did not lift. The past kept pushing them in. When, oh, are there no graves in Egypt? That you're going to bring us here to die in this wilderness? Are there no graves? When we were in Egypt, we had cucumber and lettuce. And God said, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You're talking about cucumber and lettuce? Am I talking to somebody right now? The past is pushing them back. The poverty mentality is pushing some people back. Some people can be in a relationship with you and still be married to their ex. Oh Lord, help me now. Where, where they are coming from, the, the things they suffer, the things that they, they have endured, it's too real to them that they cannot embrace the new reality that's standing in front of them. And I'm saying, I'm not your ex. Have you met people say, say to them, when in, in their new relationship, they said, listen, this is how, this is how we used to make bed. This is, this is how we laid the bed. This is, the, this, is, this is his favorite color. Say, no, that's, he's gone. My favorite color now. Am I talking to somebody? No, say, this is his favorite meal. No, don't cook me his meal. Let's get on to my meal. Get to me now. Come on, somebody. And that's why people never become truly free. They never truly start a new beginning because they never ended something in the past. The veil of the past. The veil of the past. The veil of the family that you were brought from. I'm telling you something. Many of us tonight, if we're going to step into the glory of God, we have to consciously analyze our upbringing and tear down everything that does not align with the destiny that God is taking you into. Some people say to me, I'm the son of my father. I said to them, he better be an angel. <laughs> you better be sure your father is a what? Or at least he's a man of God. Like he knows the Lord. Because if, you are, if your father was a, a crooked sinner, then he's a devil worshiper, a child of the devil, and you are claiming that ancestry without you knowing it, you will manifest every characteristic. Oh, I'm talking to real people tonight. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, number one, let him first deny himself. Say to your past, you will not impact my future. I have to be recreated. I have to discover myself anew based on the will of God for my life. What God wants to do in your life is too brand new. You cannot get it all twisted with the story and the mess of where you're coming from. God had to walk in Moses. God took him back to the desert across the land of Midian so that he could learn the new systems of the kingdom. And God said to him, Moses, it's not about being illustrious. It's not about being motivated. This is bigger than you being, you know, having your own ambition. What I want to do in your life is a new order. Am I talking to somebody? Somebody say new order. I can't hear you say new order. I can't hear you say new order. The other time a famous preacher called me. He said, I want to come and preach in your church. I want to come and do what? 
He said, he said to me, and I will, I will raise you $100,000 now. I will do what? I said, don't come. <laughs> Who told you we were there to respond? <laughs> I said, don't come. I said, that's the more reason why you will not come. So who told you the church was about raising? Who told you that was? I said, that's the old order. Am I talking to somebody? That's the Luciferian order. That's the satanic order. The new order, hallelujah, is about raising men. Somebody said to me, how do you raise money in your ministry? I said, by not trying to raise it. Don't try to do it. Just raise men. Impact people. Impact. Do what? Change lives. Am I talking to somebody? People have sold their cars and brought the money to the altar. I've seen it too many times. Why? Their lives will change. See, if you're trying to change somebody's pocket, you're trying to change their bank account without changing their life, it's a, it's a thief. But when people's lives are changed, woman of God, they will give everything to God. The, listen, the Bible says, the Bible says Mary Magdalene, she was possessed with seven demons and Jesus cast out the demons. And what did she do? She served him. She ministered to him. So if I'm coming to Toronto with that mentality of business ministry, I might shout loud. I might run around the stage. I might run all over the place and give you break dance. But when it's said and done, I'm still part of the old. I'm still part of the old business style. All that trickery. All that gimmicks. And that will never have the backing of heaven. Detach yourself from your past. If your past was abusive, say to yourself, this abuse, stop. If your past was, 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 was fear, tell, tell that fear, you can't go to my next level with me. I got to break the veil tonight. If your past was intimidation, if your past was you, hallelujah, just run into your cocoon. Whenever there is danger, some people immediately, they see something, hallelujah, that is too strong for them. What do they do? They run back into their hole. The devil is a liar. You tell that pastor, you can not dominate my destiny. You cannot, hallelujah, determine where God is taking me. My God, you know, whenever your phone is malfunctioning, your computer is malfunctioning, you will press the restore button and the restore button will take it back to the original manufacturer settings. You tell God, I press the restore. Restore my soul. Restore my mind. Restore my spirit. Bring me back into thinking like you will want me to think. I want to reason like God with no fear, no anxiety, no pressure, no demonic manipulation. I don't want to be what anybody wants me to be. I want to be who God made me to be. The Lord said to me, you can't build too much if you don't first cast some things out. You got to break down certain things. Break it down. He told me, break it down. Lay your life on the altar. You know how some people will call people 
will give them some prophecies in order to manipulate their pocket. The long and short of all prophecy is your money. Before you said, I see this for you, my mama, shut up, Robert. See that? And they are cheap. Somebody say cheap. When God bless you, he bless you crazy. Listen, I gave that testimony before I'm going to give it again. One day, one man gave me and my wife four cars. How many? Four. How many? Four. 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 One person. They drove one. He said, man, I got the Lord told me to bless you with a car. He said, driver, move it in. They said, one. I said, hey, praise the Lord. Thank you. And then while I was saying, yeah, they drove another one. Wow. Wow. I said, and then when the third one came, I said, are you crazy? And then the fourth one. Why? Because God understands that whenever somebody has a genuine heart for the kingdom, he will make all grace to abound. Running over. We don't have too many people seeking the well-being of the people anymore. All they care about is more money. And they never get enough. And when God blesses, he added no sorrow. We have to break this. And, and many people, you can't blame them. Because that's the system they inherited. So the preachers become hustlers. So they are hustling the people. Yeah, they hustle everything. Everything is an opportunity to make money. My God, you better be careful where you put your head. We hustle everything. We have to separate ourselves from the past. Anybody who ever went through some kind of an old transition into new. Maybe you went from an old marriage into a new one. Maybe you went from an old job into a new one. Maybe you went from an old system into a new one. Or you moved from an old city into a new city. You, before you start the new things you are doing, you have to tell the Lord first, take me through the fire and take the old out of me. Take the old out of me so that I can embrace the new. Somebody lift your two hands. Say, I embrace. Say it again. Say, I embrace the new things that God is doing in my life in this season. Say, I disconnect myself from the old, old mentality, old idea, old pain, old abuse, every injury that I've suffered from the past, break it away from me. It has to break it off. You have to forgive. You can't carry all that emotional trauma from the past. You gotta let it go. Somebody say, I let it go. Let it go. So that's the first veil. The veil of the past. The veil of the past. The veil of the past. The Israelites, they were so given to the veil of the past that when Moses delayed out coming down from the top of the mountain, man of God, you know what he did? They said, make us a God. 
And everybody brought out their golden bracelets and their golden earrings and everything. And they laid it down and they said to Moses, make us a what? Because of God. I mean to Aaron. Because of God. Why? Because back in Egypt, all the statues and all the gods they saw, they were all embellished with gold. And they said, that's your God, Israel. They could not understand how God could be a God that is not seen and yet powerful. They wanted to still taste from the oak. They wanted to eat from the plate of the oak. And many of them spoke Egyptian language. Many of them had Egyptian costume. And God said, I took you through the Red Sea to baptize you. So that you can come out a new people. But they could not. And because of their old that was still real in their lives. They all perished in the Red Sea. The past was still killing them. And many of us, we, we go on as a continuation of the old. We have not really started something new because we never stopped something old. God is calling us to have a new system, a new move of God that's not stained, that's not distorted, that's not manipulated, that's moved and engineered by the Holy Ghost. That's where Number two, veil God is going to break are the things that are within us. Now you see, oftentimes we blame people and we blame our own past for the things that have happened in our lives. But we forget that there are also the proclivity of our human nature. I want you to hear this. This is going to change your life. The proclivity and the propensity of our human, you know, element becomes in itself a stronghold that's stopping us from seeing God clearly. And we begin to interpret our divine word based on the things that are at work within the members of our own self. Because you all agree with me tonight that we were all born through the Adamic nature. I was preaching here a few weeks ago and I said that when Adam started to reproduce, he reproduced from his fallen state. He did not reproduce from his divine DNA for some reason. I don't know why he did that. He didn't have his first child, Cain and Abel, his first children, until he had, di he had died and technically he had committed sin. I want you to hear me. So, through that DNA, corrupt DNA, we all became what? We all became induced with a sin nature. And Jesus came and he gave us a new life. And that new life is tangible in our spirit. The newness of life is not manifested in your flesh first. The place of your transformation in God is in your spirit, not in your flesh first. That's why when you get born again, when you get saved, it doesn't mean now, oh, okay, now I'm saved. And then my skin color changed, no? Oh, I'm saved, I grew taller. 
Oh, I'm saved. I started start to speak a new earthly language. No, you learn the heavenly language if you get baptized in fire. But it doesn't change anything. Your house address, everything is the same. So when the Bible says all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5, 17. What is the Bible saying there? Your spirit man is changed. But then you're still living in the earthly realm. And the Bible says, hear me, for we have these treasures, man of God, in earthen vessels. And that means that your flesh, your earthly component, still carries the proclivity, the DNA of the flesh. And it's going to stay. Oh, I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry to bust your butt. It's going to stay. It ain't going anywhere. The only thing is you bring it under subjection. Oh, come on. You don't want to hear me now. In the book of Romans chapter 5, Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. He said, These the things I want to do, I cannot do. An apostle of Jesus. A first class apostle. I want you to hear this. The things I want to do, I cannot do. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And he cried, he said, who shall deliver me from this flesh of sin? And it's going to stay. Because the moment God deactivates your flesh, you die. Your spirit is born again, but your spirit is conveyed by the flesh. And you know how the flesh is. You want to pray, the flesh does not want to pray. Am I talking to somebody? You want to, I don't know about you. Okay, I'm going to talk about it. I want to read the Bible. Glory to God. My flesh wants to see Facebook. I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about you since you're all holy. You're on your way to heaven. The flesh in its raw element does not want, cannot please God. It's not like it doesn't want to do it. It cannot do it. It cannot please God. You want to fast, that's the day your flesh wants food. <laughs> Have you noticed that when you don't want to fast, sometimes you forget breakfast? <laughs> Am I the only person here? <laughs> okay. And, and if you know me, you know I don't eat that much. Most days I even forget I'm not eating. Lunch, like, oh my God. My wife's like, my mom's like, you're yeah, 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 just yeah, scoring ball with the food. <laughs> but the day I say, God, I'm going to wait for you tomorrow. Food, hunger, wake me. <laughs> Why today, Lord? The flesh just hates righteousness. Just, just say, no, I'm getting at you. No, 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 no. You're not pleasing God. Okay, Lord, Lord, I'm not even talking to anybody today. I'm going to be alone with you. That's the thing. Your friend will call you with hard gist. Hard gist in the morning. Wake you up with hard gist. Have you heard? You say, really? What is that? Tell me. Before you know it, two hours. It's just that the flesh hates righteousness. And many of us, we, we stumble in many things that relates to our flesh. And we are telling God, Lord, 
Take away my flesh. And God says, so where will I put your spirit? <laughs> Except you want me to receive your spirit to my bosom. <laughs> but if you still want to be in the earth, you're going to have the eyes. And your eyes is going to see crazy things. I said to people, I said, it looks like this postmodern culture is literally raping everybody mentally. <clears throat> you can look here on billboards, on Facebook, there is just something crazy that's going to pop out. With no permission. They don't even need to take permission. Some crazy person on Instagram will just pop up. Hallelujah. It's like the devil is raping people's minds. And God will not take away your emotions. You're still going to feel. You're going to feel pain. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel lustful. You're going to feel some fleshly desires. Greed. Something in you wants to be at the top of everybody. Why not me if not me? I'm better than that person. I tell people humility is not when you are placed where you belong. It's when they place somebody that you know is better, that you are better than above you. I just said something right there. And because you even fight with your flesh in the first place means you are born again. Because if there is no battle, it means that you are not of God at all. Because the people who are not righteous, they have no, they do crazy things. They have no remorse whatsoever. But because you feel a battle in the members of your body, no matter what your struggle is, it means that you are alive and breathing. And that you are in God. Because the flesh will never fight. It's your spirit that's fighting your flesh. And many times, when the flesh wins the battle over the, 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 the power of God and the anointing of God that's in us, it distorts the view of God. It weighs you down. You cannot see the glory of God. And everybody said that here today, your battle might be different from my body. That we are all fighting a particular component of battle in our flesh. Had to bring it down. Paul the apostle had to wrestle. He said, I had a thorn in my flesh. The messenger of the devil. You know how much Paul wanted to please God? But there was just something in him that made it hard for him to be who God wanted him to be. So everybody has their battle. I met a preacher that says my struggle is alcohol. Fine preacher of the gospel. But he said, that's my battle. I said, bro, that's not my battle. <laughs> that ain't my battle. People fight battle in their flesh. And when you let the devil win that battle, what happens? The glory starts to diminish. Because the Bible says, whoever you yield yourself to, you are his servant. God, come on, Jesus, help me now. So we have many born-again believers who are servants of the flesh. Their flesh dictates 
wants them to do. Whenever the flesh wants them to be angry, they are angry. Whenever the flesh wants them to cause chaos, they cause chaos. They can be wonderful people, but once the flesh sets in, the anger comes in, that's the end. End of story. No, no more conversation because you know all hell let loose. And then you are born again and born of God and you carry a precious destiny. But the, the, you do not understand how by the process of doing what? Subduing the flesh. And you know how to subdue your flesh? Feed your spirit. It's simple. It's simple. And when you don't feed your spirit, your flesh grows. And when, and when your flesh grows, the glory of God is distorted. You can't see God. God is talking, you cannot hear. You are too afraid to hear God. God says to you, step out by faith. You can't hear, your fear is too real. God says to you, step out into the destiny that I have for you. But you are too angry about what somebody said to you two years ago. You can't step in there. People's opinion is too real to you than God's word. So the battle continues. And we can't see the, the revelation of the glory. Emotional battle is within. Mental battle, too many cognitive people. They think through everything. The Lord is speaking, they are thinking about it. Give me Lord. Are you sure, Lord? You're asking God if it's sure. You're asking the Lord Almighty, are you sure, Lord? You are feeling through the word of God. God is saying something. You are feeling it. say, Lord, I don't feel like going. <laughs> I don't. Honestly, Lord, I got to be real. I'm like, I got to say, don't be real. Make the word of God your reality. Because your reality is wrong. Emotional battle. Cognitive battle. The battle of the mind. The battle of emotions. The battle of the flesh. What the flesh wants. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. Some of us are too stubborn for God. The Lord will speak and say, God, I'm not going to hear this Lord. God want to use somebody because we have history with that person. Say, God, find somebody else. Find somebody else, Lord. The Bible says, woman of God, that Balaam was greedy of gain. He wanted to go and get the prophet from prophesying to Balak. He had the intuition that God was telling him to stop. But his greed was pulling him. <laughs> and man of God until he come to a point. Where the, the donkey would not move. And the animal was prophesying to the prophet. Who was going to prophesy. Because the prophet could not see the angel. And the donkey saw the angel. And when God could give the donkey one window of opportunity to speak, the donkey said, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Mr. Prophet, are you not supposed to be the prophet here? Am I not supposed to be donkey? How come I'm not the prophet you're the donkey? The things that are within us. The unforgiveness within us. The proclivity of our flesh. Distort God. And some people are literally serving themselves. They are not serving God. 
because they are wrapped up in the reality of everything. The enemy has used to cloud their spirit until God is so far-fetched and they are in church. You know how people will hold the microphone just to sing too well, just to outsync other people? Or how people will step on the stage to preach and tell everybody, you think I can't preach? Watch me preach. And the glory wants to come down. How can the glory come? How can the glory come? See how we want to serve the Lord in prayer and we are pray other people. The other day, Josmaya was given an example about a woman that she was told to read the Bible, woman of God, and she read the whole book of Psalm, chapter 1 to chapter 150. And Josmaya said, whoa! By the time they could get out of the place, the anointing has left everybody. Who does <laughs> It's just flesh. That's a problem in the church. That's just too much flesh. Man pleasing flesh. Self gratifying flesh. Self aggrandizing flesh. It's just our flesh. And before we know it, we haven't even seen God. We haven't heard God. If you have a need in your life, you know, the devil can cage you into that need that you never hear God until the pastor talks about that need. You know how some people will speak throughout the service until you begin to say, now I'm seeing financial prosperity. Like, Amen. <laughs> that's my word. That's, that's my word. Or they just don't listen. And they say, right now I begin to see marriage. Yes, Lord. That's my word. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. So we are talking to ourselves in church. Because we have, we have already, hallelujah, circumference what the word of the Lord would be to us. And if the Lord is not saying that, I'm not hearing anything. So these things are layered within the members of us, of our flesh. And then it misrepresents God. And that's why I said to people every time the greatest prayer you can pray is empty me, Lord. Empty me, God. None of me and all of you. Because to the degree of, of reduced reduction that you experience is to the level of increase that God is manifest. Reduce me, God. Reduce my ego. Reduce my flesh. Let my emotions get out of the way. Let my personality trait get out of the way. The inherent nature of my, of my sinful uh, uh, flesh, let it leave me so that I can enter into your glory. I want to see people the way God sees them. I want to see people the way God what? I want to see myself the way God sees me. I want to see my life circumstance through the lens of the spirit. I want to understand the will of God. I want to trust him for everything. I want to depend on him for everything. I want him to lead me for everything. When God is leading me, even if you don't like it, I want to be, have the courage to obey him. And say, God, I'm, a, I'm here alone with you. Are you still here, Lord? I'm here. I said, Lord, I'm fine. 
Because I know if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if it's there, there's no evil to fear. So those are, that's the second one. What's the time already? Can you handle one more? Yes. <laughs> or should we just pray tonight? No. I don't want to get you constipated. I want you to download and to just digest the word. Is that okay? Can we do that? And continue tomorrow? How about that? Okay, I'll say one more. So we dealt with the veil the devil put from our backwards experience of life that's pulling us. And also we talked about the veil. And again, before I, I finish, listen everybody. You want to really, really deal with your family background issues. You have to deal, because that's all from the past. That's all from the past. You want to be sure you, 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 you broke yourself loose from that veil. Because that's a powerful veil. That's pulling many people backward. Familiar spirit comes from the etymological root of family. Familiar spirit family. And that does not really mean the individuals who are your relatives. But it means essentially the dominant spirit that's over that family. Because most families without people realizing it have a dominant behavioral pattern. There's a striking resemblance of not only appearance but also destiny trait. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. That's why you go to some family, they have a particular problem with marriage and everybody's like that. go to some family, they have a particular problem with finance. Great people, gifted people, but they never hit prosperity. And everybody's like that. Because God wanted me to stress that out because it's a huge veil that's blocking many people. We have to deny ourselves. And make sure that our spirit man becomes more real and more tangible than our earthly ancestry. I have to embrace my divine inheritance in Christ above and over my earthly ties in the spirit realm. And some of you are going to be the Joseph in your family. Amen. If that were you, I'll say amen. amen. That when everybody looks at you, you'll be that anointed one that's sitting upon the throne of Egypt and sent ahead to save his family. You'll be the one that will not speak the language of the past. Amen. But represent the possibility of tomorrow. Amen. If I were you, I will say amen. amen. The last thing I want to talk about today is the veil of our environment. The things that we are surrounded by. Miles Monroe said... The things that lies behind us and the things that lies around us, they are tiny matters compared to the things that lies within us. And you know who, who lives in us greater? Let the light and the presence of the Holy Ghost 
overrule the proclivity of every natural element within us. But you have to be mindful of the things that are around you. Environment is more important than potential. Your environment is more important than your potential. Somebody is playing soccer on the dusted roads and people are criticizing him. Go and sit down. And another person is playing soccer on the wall stage and he's earning $300 million. The difference is the environment. The enemy oftentimes, oh God help me, I want to preach tonight. Places people in an environment that is strategically placed there by the enemy to choke their destiny. And to handicap their potential. And to make you hate the very thing God created you to do. Jeremiah was called to prophesy. He was prophesying because God ordained him. And God said to Jeremiah, woman of God from Jeremiah chapter 1, while you were in your mother's womb, I called you and I ordained you. But you know what? When Jeremiah was prophesying in Israel, the Bible says, God told Jeremiah, I'm sending you to a stiff-necked people. And the prophecy of Jeremiah was so abused that it got to a point Jeremiah was sitting down in a well for having prophesied the word of the Lord. After they just slapped him. Somebody just gave him a big slap and the person that slapped him was a priest. Boom! When did the spirit of the Lord leave you? <laughs> leave me to speak to you. Boom! And Jeremiah, man of God, sat in the pit. And you know what he was saying to God? I will not make mention of your name again. <laughs> I will not make mention. Don't use me again. <laughs> Leave me alone, Lord. I shall not prophesy again. Why? Because the people that he was surrounded by they were stiff-necked people. Religious people. Whose assignment was to block every prophecy. And Jeremiah was frustrated. He was going to give up. He said, God, I will not make mention of your name again. But then God said, now, Jeremiah. Do you know Jeremiah said to God, he said, you have deceived me. <laughs> He said, you have deceived me and I was deceived. He said, I will not make mention of your name again. Lord, forget this prophecy business. I'm doing something else with my life. I'm going to, I'm going to the farm. I'm going to fish. God, I'm not taking this anymore because it was prophesied to the wrong people. And God said, Jeremiah, we are not done here. My word is like fire. In your bone. No, I'm going to prophesy again. 
I feel the prophecy coming out of my belly. I got a prophecy. But the people were not receiving it. Do you know that the same Jeremiah, when the people were taken as captive, his ministry changed. And people started to take him seriously. When God is calling you to do something in your life, you know what the devil will be doing? He will be calling people at the same time. And he's placing them in your life. And the assignment is to be the devil's voice. The devil's hand. The devil's blockage. The devil's confusion. And they, they are positioned around you. So every time you want to make a step forward, they push you back. Environment has been the undoing of many great people. No matter how fertile a seed is, if I threw it on this cup, 10 years ago, it's still going to be there. 10 years to come, it's going to be there. Why? Because it's not made to prosper in that area. And many people are living their lives trying to please people. Trying to convince them that you are in the will of God. God told me to do this. God told me to write a book. God told me to prophesy. They say, shut up. God told me to preach. They say, no, you don't have a license. That's how I would do it. Can't you see everybody around here? The, the Pharisee generation, and you know what I call the Pharisee? Far to see. They are what? They can see. They can see. You're showing them what God is telling you. They can't see. The environment can destroy your destiny. That's why Miles Monroe said, go where you are celebrated. Oh, hallelujah. Not where you are tolerated. Plug yourself from everything that's tolerating you. And place yourself into an environment that what? Celebrate. Plug yourself out of every relationship that's talking you down. What somebody hates in you is what somebody else will love in you. need to find your own place. You need to find your own place. You need to tell God, bring me to my place. There's somewhere for you. You got to find your place. You got to disconnect. You got to trust God enough to walk away from every unhealthy environment. Every toxic environment. Everywhere that you enter and you feel like a weight of the world is on your shoulder. You got to walk away from that. Because it can become a veil. You can see yourself clearly. You can see the glory of God clearly. You can hear God clearly. Because the enemy has placed you like a fish out of the water. Like an eagle that's placed in a cage or placed in the, in, the, in, the, in the chicken, amongst the chicken. And so you cannot fly. Mm. You can't soar. And you are speaking about greatness. Mm. They're looking at you and you are too proud. Mm. Sit down there. What's wrong with you? Let's, let's, let's just hear a word. This is too much of you. 
God is saying this to me. I'm so excited. Oh, the work of the Lord. Supernatural. By what? What's your problem? They can't see the glory. This is our year. Amen. This is our year. Amen. Come on, clap for the Lord, everybody. Come on, give him praise, everybody. Because the veil is breaking right now. And we can enter into the glory of God. Come on, tell three people the veil is breaking. Say, I'm ready. Come on, tell three people the veil is breaking. And I'm ready to enter into the fullness of my ministry. I will enter into the fullness of my prosperity. I will enter into the fullness of my destiny in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to take one question tonight. One question. Anybody with one question? Otherwise, we just pray. Yes, ma'am. Can you give out the microphone? Thank you very much. How do you break the generational curse? Now, one of the things we need to understand is that the process of breaking anything at all, I want you to hear me. The process of breaking anything at all starts from the spirit. You need to first engage everything God, everything God is going to do in your life in the spirit. That's number one. Number two, you need to understand what it is that you are breaking. Because oftentimes, a lot of people speak, because there are certain things when you are combating them, you cannot do it in a vague way. You have to be precise. Listen, when you say generational curse, it's, it's an abstract expression. It's vague. If I notice that people in our family are typically poor, that means I want to break the generational curse of poverty. You can't be vague about it. If I notice that the people in our family are usually suicidal and depressed, or they have diabetes or cancer, then I have specifics to deal with. So that means you are praying with understanding. Am I talking to somebody? You are praying with revelation. You are not praying amiss. You have your arrow, and your arrow is going to hit its target. Am I talking to somebody? That's number two. Number three, you have to get to what is called encounter. A place of encounter. The Bible says, and Jacob was alone. Now your encounter can be an impartation from a man of God, specifically praying over that issue in your life. And it could be just you turning your plate upside down alone and shutting yourself in for three days. When Jacob had the switch and God changed his name from Jacob to Esau, he did it all by a, a strange encounter with God and himself. Am I talking to somebody? The angel came and wrestled him. The angel birthed 
a new order through the name change. Then after God has worked in your spirit and you have now become liberated, what happens? Develop a conscious lifestyle that is contradistinctive to that demonic pattern. In other words, if everybody was poor, I now embrace a life of prosperity and I covenant with God through the law of seed and harvest. Now, though I am no more under the old order, but my practice of covenant is what manifests the new order of blessing in my spirit and in my real life. You have to consciously and daily engage a lifestyle. It's just like somebody that wanted to lose some weight. And then whatever method you used, maybe surgery or weight loss, but you got yourself or exercise or whatever. So you, you lost the weight. So what happens later? What does the doctor tell you? To develop a what? Lifestyle. Change your feeding. Change your diet. Change this. Change that. To help you to keep that way of life. If people are treated for certain disease, the, 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 the doctor will do what? They will give you a new change of what? Lifestyle. They help you keep diabetes away. They don't eat that. Right? The diabetes is no more, but it's prone to manifest. I'm blessing somebody right now. Amen. It's gone, but it's prone to do what? Because of the DNA. So they tell you don't do that. And that's what people don't understand. That the devil never leaves. He's going to always come back and check. I mean, you all know that. You cast out a devil, he's going to come back. And if that devil is lonely, maybe two years later, still lonely, like, oh my God. Let me go check. <laughs> but then your lifestyle has changed. And the Holy Ghost is now living and working in your spirit. And now you are practicing prosperity, covenant practice. And the devil says, oh my God, she's still rich. Let me go back. <laughs> and then wait another four years. Let me come back. And that's why people, they say God brought them from something. And three years later, they go right back into it. Because they kept the door open. Yes. Are you blessed, woman of God? Amen. Okay, let's stand to our feet tonight.